G'day, and welcome to episode 106 of the Packify Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson, and today I have Brittany Charlton, who is the founder and CEO of O Foods, who is joining me on the show. Now launched in 2018 and located in Toronto, Ontario, O Foods is an allergen-conscious snacking company that is focused on innovating snacks that are vegan, gluten-free, and allergen-friendly. You can find all of Brittany's products like Snacking Bites, Edible Cookie Dough, and Frosting in many retailers right across Canada, including Walmart and Whole Foods, just to name a couple. So Brittany and I go pretty deep on this one, and i got to say it was honestly one of my favorite conversations to date. Um, Brittany is an incredibly disciplined woman and entrepreneur, and I'm sure that there is at least one thing that you'll take away from this conversation. Now, Brittany's also been extremely generous and has given you all 15% off any O Foods products when you use the promo code PACKHEAVY on her website. So as usual, just scroll on down into the show notes and you'll find the link there. Now, before we kick off into today's conversation with Brittany, um, if you're new to the show, thanks for taking the time to listen in. My name, as I suggested before, is Hayden Thompson, and as well as chatting with business owners and operators uh, like Brittany about her business, I work for a packaging company in BC called Foodpack, where we help CPG companies and processors with their packaging and food packaging equipment. Now, at Foodpack, we specialize in three specific areas. Uh, the first one I always like to talk about is our stock bags, which you can think of as a turnkey solution to get to market. The second one is custom printed bags and films, which is my favorite part of the business and that what I knock out of the park every week. And we also do packaging equipment like Cipramac vacuum chamber machines, Plexpack band sealers and repack tray sealers and thermoformers. Um, the other great thing that we have at Foodpack, which sets us apart is our showroom, which is packed full of all of this equipment. So you can come on in with your food product, package it up and make sure that what you're about to invest on is exactly what you are looking for. So if you're looking to get into the market for the first time or would like me to assess your existing packaging program, head on along to the Foodpack website by scrolling down into the show notes and there you'll be able to dig into exactly what we can offer you. Um, if that ticks all of the boxes, you can get in touch with me directly by emailing me at hayden at the or even better, pick up the phone and give me a call on 604-360-6790. Uh, we can have a chat about everything that you're looking for and we can go from there. Okay, let's get on with it. Episode 106 with Brittany Charlton. All right, Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I cannot remember who introduced us. Can you? It's been a while. No, it's Was been it a Sarah while. from More Granola? Oh, she's oh, introduced me to so many people, but yeah, most likely Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, either way. Somebody generously uh, put us in touch, and uh, and I, when I was uh, thinking about um, the potential of having you on the show, I went to your website and I had a look around, and you have been very, very busy. <laughs> it's been cool. a year. It has been a hell of a year, and I see that you were founded in 2018, so you have seen some peaks and valleys of the market as uh, the world has shifted, I'm sure, and I'd love to dig into that um, throughout the episode with you. Um, before we kick off, though, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in Markham, so York region, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it was amazing just being um, in the town of Markham and just being able to, you know, go to strawberry fields or there's like a bunch of other fields, ride horses. Yeah. Um, and just have like, it's it's a lot more peaceful when you're in like the back of Markham and there's like nothing developed yet, whereas yeah. now it's, it's a lot more developed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where. And then, you know, just... Grew up in Markham, um, went to college out in Oshawa, um, and from there really started to, um, once I was getting closer to the end of my diploma, realized like, hey, I might want to might want to start a business when they started a new program called Fast Start, cool. and um, <clears throat> went from there. 
Awesome. So starting a business has always been in the back of your mind. Is it something your parents um, did when you were younger? Like, did they operate their own businesses or did you have any influence or people of influence around you to sort of plant that seed? Yeah, it's interesting. So when I started to connect with people again and really like think really far back, I remembered when I was in daycare, um, I used to make like this thing called GIMP and I would make like letters out of it. Um, and it's like a nineties baby thing. What is it like, like Play-Doh or? No, it's literally like string and you're able to like, it's thick string that you're able to like. Oh, and it's letters. got like wax. It's sort of like yeah, waxy string. Yeah, like, my kids yeah, play with it's that. Yeah. Gimp. yeah. Okay, cool. cool. So, um, <laughs> so it's not as good as like it used to be. Like it used to have like flat pieces and like oh, cool. it's so different back then in the 90s. But um, but I used to like make GIMP and I, I would make letters out of them like for like keychains like that people uh, could buy yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I would sell them at the front of my daycare um and then I had a bunch of dolls and my mom like really she's like really artsy so she'd be like hey let's make some like pillows for your dolls so then my friends would see that I have pillows and they're like oh can I have pillows so then my daycare let me sell pillows at the front <laughs> um to like all my friends and then like my friends parents would be like hey can you make me a keychain and then I would spend my week like making one keychain a week That's awesome. um for like five dollars or ten dollars so I think I've always like tried different things and my yeah. mom always encouraged me to try different things like she's she's never like that's a dumb idea or that's not going to work she's always like let's try it and if it works great cool Encouraged. like if it does, yeah. then, then you tried it and it's not a big deal you know yeah, that's awesome. Um, so it was always sort of like a positive thing in your life. And uh, at what point did you sort of get to, you know, the more recent idea of O Foods? Obviously, it was established in 2018. So mm -hmm. I'd imagine that I was, I'm sorry, let me back up. I was on your website. So I do have a little bit of insight as to sort of where the idea came from and how you went about getting the idea going. But why don't you give everybody that's listening a bit of an, in, an idea? Yeah, so I developed a peanut and trina allergy at 18. I was having a family movie night. My throat mm. closed, ended up in the hospital. Um, from there, started to make my own snacks um, and was just encouraged by my mom to like sell them onto the market. But I was still in college at the time, so I didn't do that quite yet. I waited. I really wanted to become a lawyer. Mm. Um, and I think going through the school system, it at the time it didn't teach entrepreneurship. So I didn't even know that that was like a viable option to like own my own business. It was more of like, I did that when I was younger. Then when you go to like elementary school, they're like, Hey, what do you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. And then you kind of just go through school thinking like, okay, those are not like, those are the only options I have. So, um, that's what I was going to school for. Um, ended up completing my diploma part and was going to go into university um, for the second end of it. And then I was like, I really don't love this. Um, so let me start to figure out what I want to do. And prior to me graduating, there's this thing called fast start that, um, opened up at the college there. And it was supposed to be just like, Hey, if you want to start a business. We are giving you resources, try it out, see if you can make something of it and kind of go from there. So start to, I think our first product was like hot chocolate. I really, I had braces at the time mm -hmm. and I didn't like the, the feeling that hot chocolate gave me on my teeth, but I really liked like hot chocolate and I loved it. And so I was like, if I can make a hot chocolate, that's kind of like coffee where like you get to choose the amount of sugar that you put in there and you get to choose, you know, what milk and fillers are in there by yourself, then I could be really cool. Um, launched that and that was cool, but 
people don't have hot chocolate in the summer. So mm. yeah, um, it's a very seasonal very, drink. Yeah. It's very seasonal. Yeah. So I realized uh, after the winter, I was like, Hey, I probably want to think of something else. And then I was like, what else do I make mm. on my own? Mm-hmm. Um, and really just started to build up from there. But then when we got to snacking bites, um, snacking bites, which is what we have now, yep. um, our apple pie and coconut brownie, we started to like develop those and really start to like go deep on that innovation. Cause I was like, I think that's really what's going to drive us. Um, and then the bigger purpose of it was like, Hey, how do we make everything I produce allergen friendly, vegan, gluten-free, mm. um, just from an inclusivity standpoint and making sure that everyone can have, um, a treat no matter what. Um, and then, yeah, started to build up from there, but started in 2018, just for my own food allergies that I mm-hmm. developed at 18 and, and kind of got here now. Awesome. And so, um, you know, these snacks were obviously for you and your family. How did you go about getting it out into the world and doing some sort of product uh, development and getting some feedback on the product and potentially iterating on it? Yeah, good question. So when it came to like innovating on the product, I honestly just like was in my mom's kitchen making different variations and then kind of put them out there and then would like give them to my friends, get some feedback if they were like, I don't know. And then sometimes they'd be like, oh, this tastes really good. And then they kept saying like, oh, so I was like, the company's name is now, oh, and, um, and that's like the emotion I want to evoke when someone has their snack is like like, surprise. Yeah. Like, oh, this is good, you know? And so, um, kind of went from there, but it was honestly just like innovating, putting it out into the world and then innovating, kind of like building like a plane on like, or jumping off a plane and then like building it on the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think most people will just like be like, okay, well, this has to be a perfect product before mm. I launch it. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's great. But then one, one is a perfect product. Right. Mm. Um, so yeah. Cool. So here you are four years down the road and you've got like a whole swath of different SKUs and products out in the marketplace. At what point did you start to introduce um, like more SKUs to the, to the um, lineup and uh, talk us through about sort of those early days of, you know, um, onboarding some of your first retailers in your e-commerce store that you built. Yeah. So 2018, we launched in September and that was more of um, like yoga studios, testing out the market, mm-hmm. seeing what's happening. 2019, we ended up launching into um, Metro's local program, so Sobe's local program, and then across Canada with um, Bed Bath and Beyond, uh-huh. and really scaling that out. Um, and then we said, one second, let's stop for a moment and let's start to go really deep with these retailers. So, um, 2019, we used as a really good like year of like let's test with the market and see exactly what's happening. Like, what do people like about our product? Why are mm. they picking it up? Who? like who's picking it up mm. um, and let's not just like launch into a bunch of stores just to launch into them. Mm. Um, so we really held the brakes and like went deep with our consumer and tried to understand them. Then 2020 happened. Um, and in 2020, I was researching about like cookie dough and actually sorry, 2019, I moved to Vancouver for like four or five months. Right. Um, yeah. And it was amazing. Um, and I was like, I was living with someone and uh, she would make like cookies from scratch. And then when I came back, I was like making those same cookies from scratch. Like I all of a sudden like got into like a baker's you got mode. The itch. Like, yeah. 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 To just bake every day of my life. <laughs> and then um, when COVID happened, I was like, okay, I'm like baking more than necessary. And I'd like bake for my friend, like my family and like just hand out these cookies. But uh, my partner at the time was like, he would just eat the cookie dough 
uh, like he would like, he's like, I like the cookie dough way more than I like the cookie. Mm. And I was like, I'm here trying to launch a cookie when I should be launching cookie dough. So I literally took a shower and I, I came up with the idea and I was like, I should just launch cookie dough. Like, what am I doing launching a cookie? And so, um, and like how I like to launch SKUs is really looking at like the market and saying, what does the market actually need? Like, do we actually need another cookie on mm. the market? And mm-hmm. like, there's so many SKUs on the market of cookies, but there's not many SKUs of cookie dough. So looking at that, I was like, I think cookie dough is a, probably a bigger market. And then also from the standpoint of like allergen-friendly, vegan, gluten-free, we'd be like the first movers in Canada um, making that happen. So I was like, that's a bigger opportunity for me. So in August of 2020, we ended up launching our edible cookie dough. Um, and starting with one flavor, we were trying to figure out the second one and I just couldn't, um, for me, I'm very intentional about the ingredients that we put in. So when we look at like our birthday cake sprinkles, it's like true, um, sprinkles made from like beets and spinach instead of it being like the colored candied ones that Mm. you normally have. Um, and so it's a lot better on your stomach and just obviously a lot better for the product as well. So, um, that's, that's really when we brought into another SKU was uh, 2020 um, and then went from there. And then 2021, that product took off when we were able to get it into distribution. Um, and then we really, because of the learning that I had from 2019 and 2020, uh, 2020 was a big e-com year of just pushing it through e-com and then mm-hmm. taking that knowledge in 2021 and really expanding it throughout the other retailers to help us scale. It's amazing. There was a lot in that. And I just want to go back to what you said about the market research that you undertake before getting a new skew out into the world. So talk to us a little bit about the, um, you know, how you evaluate what the market's looking like, um, what you're looking for to potentially see some space that you could enter in and whether you're doing sort of qualitative and quantitative market research around that as well. Yeah, good question. Um, So when it comes to the market research I do, I kind of look at like various things. So I realized that the UK is first to move on any product normally. Um, Then it's the US and then Canada is like 10 years behind um, in terms of like getting product innovation through. Um, So I kind of look at like, what's the UK doing? Then what's the US doing? And then what could we possibly do here in Canada that we can also take to the UK and Canada, sorry, the UK and the US um, in the years to come. Um, so there's that. And then I also look at the data of like, okay, on shelf right now, what's actually sitting there and can I actually make it indent? So if all of my competitors are in cookies and they're all, we're all sitting on the same shelf, is me adding another skew of cookies going to be the best option? Or is me adding another skew, uh, or a new skew of cookie dough going to be more impactful for the consumer, um, and allow them to, to have a new option, um, at checkout. There's that. And then the last thing I do is more of like online research. So how big is the market? What are people searching online? What is the driver as to why someone would want this product? Um, and I think those are like the top three that I normally do. Uh, And then obviously the, the research of the consumer of like, I normally will message a couple of like people that we kind of speak to on social and just say, Hey, like, what are your thoughts on this product? Can I send it to you for your case Mm. pass and get from there? Mm-hmm. Um, just so that it's like people who have like no stake in saying like, no, this is not good or yes, mm-hmm. this is good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like what 
from a retailer's perspective, I also like will reach out to retailers as well and be like, is this a product that you think would be best in your category set and like add to the card value as well? Wow. So it sounds to me like you've obviously done this quite a few times and this is a repertoire that you've built over the last four years to sort of like really develop these skills and the process of doing your market research. Where did you look when you were first getting into the CPG industry and like the food-based industry? Like what um, networks did you leverage and were there any sort of um, mentors that you uh, leaned against to sort of gain all of this knowledge? Yeah, good question. Honestly, Google. Google yeah. is magical. Yeah. Um, that's the first like mentor advisor, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And then now recently I started to onboard like advisors onto our board and cool. um, really build it great individuals around me just yeah. so that it helps me continue to grow. Yeah. Um, so, and that didn't happen until this year, but prior to this, it's honestly just been Google. And then I'm a really good people watcher. So mm. I can like watch other brands, see what's working for them and not necessarily copy it, but like, look at it and be like, okay, how can I spin this to make it work for us? Or how can I see if this is going to work for us at any point? So I think because I'm a great watcher, uh, I'm able to learn a lot quicker as well and um, mm. kind of go from there. So no one necessarily like, I didn't have like one person teaching me. Um, I will say that uh, in 2021, I did go ahead and like bring on an advisor. Um, her name's Sabrina, amazing individual. And she's helped me with like multiple things other than just sales and like figuring out that pipeline, but also like leadership and how can I be a great individual for my team and myself mm -hmm. and just as I continue to grow as a, as a, as a leader in the company. So yeah. Yeah. How big is the team at the moment? The team right now, we have a team of three people and that's intentional. I really do want to be very lean with how we're scaling and growing. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, a graphic designer. We have, uh, her name's Vivian. We then have Julia, who does all of our um, marketing and e-com. And then we have um, Jen, who does all of our um, account management across Canada. Yeah. Um, myself. So I guess a team of four. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so smart to keep it lean. And it's amazing how much you can achieve with a small team as well when you're all on the same page. Yeah, no, so much. Um, yeah. I think a, a big thing that we recently just did was take personality tests so that we can like really get to know each other at our core and like, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, this is why Brittany operates like this, or this is why Jen does this because it's like, okay, now I like actually know you and mm. like, uh, unless you lied on that, like personality test, <laughs> yeah. it's such a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you really get to know so much about someone. Like last yeah. night I was doing mine and I was like, like now I understand, like, this is exactly who I am. And like, yeah. I'm such a like hardcore, like process driven individual, um, that like when there's not a process or I feel like what is happening here. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think that's been amazing for us. Was it the Myers-Briggs personality test or what one was it that you did? It was called 16 personalities. I honestly ah. got it on Google and it, it also know you a link. After, yeah, thank but it's, you. Honestly, it's amazing. Um, and it breaks down like how you are in relationships, how you are at work, how you are as uh, like a partner to someone, mm -hmm. um, like a parent. It's amazing. Yeah, please do. And I'll put it down in the show notes for everybody to have a look at as well. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you mentioned, obviously, you launched in 2018, and in 2019, it sounds like you got some really good traction, like quite early on. Tell me about sort of 
obviously between when everything sort of started to hit the rubber, like the rubber hit the road and everything took off prior to that, what was sort of the point where you decided to go all in on your vision and you're like, yeah, this is something that I want to do. And this is something that I believe in. Yeah, I think I went all in right after school. So one big thing that I didn't do was I, I didn't want to get trapped by being in a corporation and feeling like I'm stuck because of the money. And so yeah. one thing I always say is I, I, I never work for money. Like it's not, that's not a, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's just, obviously we all need money to operate. Um, but for me, I, I would rather learn and take a lower wage than to go get a career in something and then be locked in because I'm like, the money's so good. I can't leave. So I kind of knew right out of school, I was like, even though I have this diploma, I'm not going to go look for a job. I'm just going to keep testing these. And I was already working. I think I was working at like good life at the time. Um, and so honestly just took, and I was really frugal. I'd always save my money. So working off savings and just like going from there um, and building out what I needed at the time um, and then using our profits from the company to then reimburse or like reinvest into the company. But yeah. it was really just like, how do I go all in from the beginning? And like, there's no plan A or sorry, there's no like plan B, I would say. It was just yeah. like, this is my only plan what and I'm doing. Yeah. what I'm doing. I'm going all in. And, it, and I mean, if it crashes, it crashes, but I'd rather go all in than not be all in and then not know my potential. 100%. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so you bootstrapped this from an early stage, and I'm assuming that you've probably had to bring on some outside funding at some point. Um, when did you decide that it was time to bring on some funding and how did you go about that? Yeah, so I going into this year, uh, we were looking at our forecast and we're like, hey, we think that we're going to need some funding um, to continue to operate at a high level and keep pushing the volume through retail that we want to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we launched into Walmart last year, um, obviously wanted to make sure that we're supporting our, our, our accounts um, and that we have the marketing power. So this year is when we decided that we would start to raise. Um, I think like many others, I just thought like, I could be like, okay, I'm raising capital. And then I just raised capital in like two days and like, just have all the funds, but that doesn't happen. It's a so process. If anyone's, yeah. Yes. It's, it's a process. So if anyone's raising capital, like make sure you get ahead of it before you need it. And it's not when you need it. Mm. Um, but what actually happened to me was very different. So I was reaching out to investors at the beginning and then, um, wasn't getting many much traction. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to continue to bootstrap. And I think this is like happening for a reason. Um, because if I wait a little bit longer, then obviously there's like, you know, more valuation that goes into it and mm -hmm. all that. So I was like, it's just, it's happening for a reason. I'm happy to wait. And so um, uh, one day I was on my phone and I'm very rarely like on Instagram, but I started getting these ads for this thing called Startup Fest. And um and I was like, okay, it's in Montreal. Like, I'm not going to, I don't want to drive six hours and I don't really know if I want to go. And, and so I was just like, I ignored it. And then I got it again, like within two days. Uh, and I was like, hmm, okay. Like I'm seeing this again. So I messaged one of my friends and I was like, Hey, do you think I should go to this? And they're, they, they actually didn't see it. So they didn't answer me. And then, um, I saw it again for the third time. And I'm really big on like the universe, like shoving you somewhere mm. where you're supposed to be. 
And so then I was like, okay. And it was like literally three days before this event now at this point. And I'm like, I think I'm going to look it up. And I'm like, so I looked it up and I was like, Hey, they have a couple of awards and they're giving out like investments of like a hundred thousand dollars. So if we could win one, that would be amazing. Um, but I was like, even if we just go there for like brand awareness and we're able to like, yeah, yeah, the experience and like meet people and introduce ourselves. Then I was like, that'd be amazing. So I ended up going, um, and literally driving across to Montreal with Julia, um, with like one day's notice. So she's amazing for doing that. And, um, we like stayed in the Airbnb and like had to sleep on the same bed. (laughs) 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 Same building. Yeah. Not luxury as all at all, but it was so good. And, uh, we ended up going there um, and ended up winning um, the top prize there. And it was just, it's so insane yeah. how it all came together. Cause I was like, I like, again, I'm very big on like the universe telling you things. And I yeah. think that was just obviously meant to happen. And so we ended up winning. And then um, at the same time, BDC ended up matching the fund. So we ended up winning $200,000 that day. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And then when I came back, I was already pitching some in- investors and they're like, Hey, you know, if you find a lead investor, we'd be happy to come in. So now with this investment, I was like, Hey guys, like I got this, do you guys want to come in? And, and then we ended up closing our round for $500,000. So, um, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was my raising journey. So it's, it's totally different than, you know, what people normally go through, but I think it, it was I'm really grateful for how it happened. Yeah. Um, it really, it changed a lot for us as well. And like with me not having to like spend my days, like seeking people out, um, it all kind of just came together. Yeah. So once all of this cash landed in your account, you had $700,000 sitting there. What did that feel like? Was that like a, holy shit, I've got to do this moment. Yeah. Was there a sense of huge responsibility being entrusted in you? How did you, how did it feel and sort of like, where did you go from there? Obviously you had a plan. You knew how you were going to execute on it. Like, I'm sure that you were sort of like, all right, like, let's do this. But like, talk us through sort of the initial holy shit moment. Yeah. And sorry, I will correct you. It's 500,000. Oh, okay. Um, So the 200 and then you got an extra 300 to close 500. Got you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, what was that initial feeling? I would say it was, it was like, First of all, I didn't feel like it was happening. So when I mm. won, I was like, mm, this is cool. But like, are they actually going to send me the funds? <laughs> and then, like, or is this like a big PR stunt of like just a crazy event and like everyone's kind of just having fun and they thought it was like cool to bring us all together. Yeah. And I didn't really, I didn't really know. So like when it started all coming in, I was like, okay, this is amazing. So the first thing I did was hire a CFO. Mm. Um, so like a fractional CFO to really Great come idea. in and manage those funds because yeah. Um, I think for many of us, like, you know, when you get those funds, you're like, okay, I think I have endless dollars, but you actually really Mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. Um, and so managing those funds really carefully, um, was really important to me. So I brought that person in instantly prior to even getting those funds into my account. Um, and then the next thing I started to look at was hiring. So I looked at um, bringing on someone to help us with our account management. Um, and that was Jen. So Jen came on, she's joined the team and she's been amazing. 
And then um, after that was really like, okay, what do we want to focus on? And I already had like a full plan because like I said, at the beginning of the year, I started to look at racing. Mm -hmm. So I had a full plan of like, okay, if I had this amount of funds, this is what I would do with it. Um, And this is how I'd scale out the next like year I'd say the next 12 months from the time that we received the cash um, and like what we needed to do. Um, so yeah, but it mostly went to like innovation, um, launching into another retailer that we're launching into shortly um, with, yeah, more SKUs. And then um, really went to like the team. So again, the team effort of what we're trying to grow. So bringing on Jen um, and then the rest of it's just sitting there as like, as we need it um, Mm -hmm. and not, you know, just using cash to use cash. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also I think the major thing it went to is like marketing. Like that's our big thing is like brand and awareness. So how can we really pump up our brand? And so now the influencers that have worked with us in the past that we weren't able to pay, um, being able to now be like, Hey guys, we have a budget and like, we're able to like get back to them. Like they're so grateful and they're, Mm so excited to like work for the brand now that we're able to really um, put a budget behind it as well. That's fantastic. Bringing on a a fractional CFO from such an early um, point was such a smart move. Um, Is that something that you knew that you were going to do? Like, did you have somebody in mind or did you have to shop around a little bit? Yeah. So it was, it was pretty easy. I actually just went on LinkedIn and I started looking at fractional Mm. CFOs and I kind of, um, I just interviewed like a couple of people that I thought uh, would be interesting. Um, And uh, she's now joined the team and she's just an amazing individual. Um, And I really wanted someone who was like going to set the vision and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we need to move forward towards Um, and work with me closely. So like, you know, we get on a call every, every week. We're like, okay, this is what we're doing this week. This is what we're doing next week. And um, and it's just like a real, like true partner, um, mm. in a sense. And then also just like, I think from the standpoint of like, you know, not, uh, at least for me, I've never had like $500,000 in my account. Mm. Um, so I think that it was so important to just like have someone that like can manage that for you. And is like mm. in between you and, and that cash, because you can spend so much money on like just things you actually don't need, mm. um, whether it be like excess packaging or, um, like product or anything like that, um, mm. and really managing it. So I think that's, that was just really important for me to make sure that I was going to use the money in a way that made sense. Mm. You've said it a few times now, but it seems to me as if you're the kind of person that really listens to your gut instinct and potentially like there are moments in the day where you just like sit and listen to your body and like, you know, your intuition, yeah. has that been something that you've always done or is that something you've had to develop over time? I think that's something I've always done. I think um, one of the mentors I had early on, she would, her name's Kathleen, and she would always say to me, like, before we made any decision, she'd be like, what's your gut say? Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this situation or about this topic? Like, what is your gut telling you to do? And so she would always, like, really key into that. But then I think from, like, a young age, too, my mom would always be like, what is your, like, what is your gut say? Like, how do you feel about this? And mm-hmm. really tap into, like, my feelings. So I was always very expressive about how I felt about something. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's just, like, something I've, I've been built into. <laughs> it's such an important skill to um, pass along to your children. 
Mm-hmm. Like to actually like for them to listen to themselves and like listen to their instinct. And what I've found in my life is quite often that initial gut instinct has always been correct. The one that's always turned out to be true, even if I've flip-flopped on it uh, when trying to make a decision. Um, it's interesting because I can see that you're making like decisions for the sh- short term, but you're also obviously planning for the future too. How do you use that instinct when you're sort of like planning for the next 12 to 18 month period or even a little bit longer out? Good question. I would say, so I normally, if I'm like, hey, I need to plan out, I'm really good at thinking, actually, I'm really good at thinking ahead of time. And people are always like, we're working on like 50 projects. Like, how could you possibly be talking about like next March or Mm -hmm. like past that? And I'm, I'm really good at like dreaming up the future and like, what do I see as a possibility? Um, so for me, I like go on drives and I kind of figure that out, like, I'm whenever I go on drives, I find like, or drives, airplanes, or really anything moving, I have like Mm. my best ideas. And I have um, like, just such innovative thoughts uh, to move the process further. So I think for me, it's more of just like, I'll plan something out and then be like, okay, like, does my like, what does my gut feel about what I'm saying? But I think also, the biggest thing I've realized about people who have built like great things is their unwavering um, like conviction in themselves. Um, and so that's something I really uphold is like the the conviction I have to, to make something happen or the conviction that I have that I am the person to make this happen mm. um, is something that's like super important to me. So I also take time out of my day to like make sure I'm speaking to myself in a, in a really great tone I don't speak to my like I don't have negative thoughts about really anything because I've really tried to control that uh narrative in my head from like a very very early on like I would say like when 2020 hit and everyone we all went on our own journeys I think that was something very important to me was like how do I control those negative thoughts in my mind um to the point where like I I don't have a negative thought about myself another person or another thing I really just don't have them because I've controlled that part in my mind of like how do I just see possibilities and really work through what I'm going through um but I think it's just a muscle of like what are you doing to like put mind fuel into yourself um so what are you listening to what are you putting into your mind your body your soul like everything it kind of comes down to um so like for me I don't listen to certain music and I don't I, I listen to certain podcasts and I really pump myself with like knowledge um and like if I'm like okay I'm feeling like insecure about this like why am I feeling insecure and I'll literally sit with myself and like make a list of like okay I'm feeling anxious or insecure because of this and this and this and then I create like solutions right away like what are the solutions that are going to get me out of this funk because I can't sit in it for much longer so that is incredible like and it's so uncommon especially at the moment where the level of anxiety in the world is heightened um people seem to have a lot of instability around them and in themselves what advice would you give to somebody that's sort of feeling as if their life is in chaos or there's a bit of turmoil around them and they are potentially putting themselves in that position because obviously, you know, there are real situations in the world where, you know, people do have legitimate chaos around them, but I feel as if a lot of the chaos in people's lives is self-developed. So what advice would you give to somebody who seems a little bit scattered and as if they're not sitting on a stable foundation? I would say audit your whole life. Like look at who you have around you, 
who you're allowing to have your attention, your mind. Um, there's a quote that I ha- I heard the other day, and it's like, whoever has your mind has you. So if you are allowing people to be around you who are negative all the time, you're going to be negative all the time. You're going to have negative thoughts. You're going to have negative feelings. Um, and so me, I, no matter who you are in my life, I really do try to check that um, and make sure that like, I don't have gossip around me or I don't have um, like people just sending me TikTok videos because mm. they thought it was a cool thing to send me. Um, mm-hmm. um because then it, for me, it's like, okay, well, I'm ending up in a loop of distraction. So is that what I want? And just being very clear with like, what do I need from people around me in my circle? Um, so I'd say for you, just like for anyone, just really audit your life, look at who you have around you. And like, what do you want to become? Like surround yourself with the people who are already doing what you want to do um, and really start to build yourself up from there. Um I'd say start with that because the, the five people you have around you the most are mm. really uh, a telltale of like what your life is going to turn out to be or look like. Yeah, great advice. Now, you seem like the kind of person that's completely invested emotionally in your business, but based on the conversation that you and I are having right now, I feel as if you would recognize emotional attachment to something as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're putting all of your heart and soul into building out O Foods. What else is there to Brittany right now? Like, where are you going? What are you doing with your life? And where are you taking your life? Because I feel as if you've got some big dreams for the future. Yeah. Um, so right now, my dream is building out O. Um, and I don't have any emotional attachment to it. Like, if it doesn't work, mm. I feel like I'm smart enough and capable enough to come up with another idea yeah. and, like, go build that out. Um, and so I... I have the emotional attachment of like, I love this company and I'd love to see it through, but I don't have the emotional attachment of like, I'm going to run myself to the ground Mm. and not, and this is not working and I know it's not working and Mm. still making it try to work. So you're not attaching your identity to it. No, not at all. Um, like I can be Brittany, the founder of anything, um, Mm. or just really, you know, just master of my life or whatever the case I might want to put on it. So, um, I think my, my main focus right now is the company and building that out. Um, and then really just taking, I take small moments for myself. So whether that's like horseback riding or like going like strawberry pecking or like apple pecking, like, I think those are moments for myself that I really love. Um, and that bring me closer to like peace and what I want in my life. Um, and then, you know, I think as I build out, oh, like, you know, hopefully we can see this to, um, to the point where we bring on a growth partner to really help us continue to grow into the future. Um, and then, you know, maybe it's me stepping away and, and creating something else, or maybe it's me staying on board and, and continuing to build out. I really don't know what that looks like yet, but yeah. That sounds amazing. Brittany, I'm so impressed with this conversation. I feel as if there has been so much in this for everybody who's listening today, whether they're a business owner, an operator, and they're in the thick of getting their business up and off the ground and into the world, or whether it's somebody else that just happens to be, you know, listening to the podcast as well. Um, Thank you so much for your time. I just want to ask a couple more questions, if that's all right. Are you okay for time right now? Yeah, I'm great. Yep. Okay, cool. You said that you fill your mind with books and podcasts that leave a positive impression. What would be your top couple of podcasts and top couple of books that you'd recommend for everybody? Good question. So obviously your podcast would oh, be one. You. You're <laughs> I welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I have listened to your podcast in the past, so it's amazing. Um, thank you. 
I would say another one would be 10x rule. Um, that's a major one. I think that really helped me in 2021 because I think a lot of people think that they're doing the activity that they think that they should be doing. But when you really read that book, you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm not operating at the level I need to be operating at to make my goals happen. Um, I'm just going to pull up my audio book. Um, then there's, I recently started to listen to, um, there's like the year of yes by Shonda Rhimes. That was amazing of uh, just learning to say yes to things. Even if you're like, I don't want to do them. Like going to startup fast for me, mm-hmm. standing on stage and pitching my company, mm-hmm. scary thoughts happening. Right. Yeah. Um, but I know I have to do it. And so it's like a get up and go do it kind of thing. Um, and I think that has helped me. Um, and then the four agreements, I think that was a really that is good, a good thing. Book. Like, yeah. Yeah. Amazing book. Um, just being able to like have no ego about things and really mm. look at yourself and like not have any um, uh, like deep rooted expectations from other individuals either. Um, I think that was interesting. And then playing to when was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that really helped me last year was after the rain. Um, and it speaks really deeply about like, um, like how to speak to yourself. So like in the moments where you're like anxious or you're not too sure of something, you're able to like really dig deep and say like, okay, like, you know, I am the person going to be doing this and then creating solutions for yourself. So the same thing I said before, where I'm like, okay, I'm anxious about this. This is like what, how it's making me feel. And then I'm like instant, like, okay, what's the solution? Like, let's not sit it. Let's not sit in like a pity party of like Mm. how we're feeling. Let's Mm -hmm. like find some solutions because there are solutions within yourself. And and like, sometimes I think like we can get into this place of like, let me tell 50 friends about how hard my life is mm-hmm. instead of just sitting down and talking to myself about how mm-hmm. hard my life is and then mm-hmm. finding the solutions. Cause like you probably have the solutions within yourself. They're there all along, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. You're so self-aware. It's Thank incredible. You. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially, I mean, we've only been talking for 40 minutes and I really feel as if I've got some great insight as to who Brittany Charlton is. And I just want to ask a couple of questions revolving around that. Obviously, it seems as if you've put so much work into yourself and you're investing in yourself daily. Have you mm-hmm. ever done psychedelics or anything that has, you know, obviously given you an extra level of insight? Because it feels to me as if that's a, a big possibility there. Oh, no, I haven't. No? Okay. No. That's one gift that psychedelics can give people is a great amount of self-awareness, complete, you know, um, you know, dissolving of the ego and it gives you a really good um, opportunity to look at your life from a completely different perspective. Um, I've explored with psychedelics um, on a few occasions and I'm really excited to be working with them again in the very near future um, just to do some um, self-work and evaluation and sort of go right back to the overarching story as to who Hayden Thompson is and, and who I am as an individual. Yeah. But I feel as if it's, you've obviously done this on your own, which is incredibly impressive. Yeah, just a lot of like books and podcasts, but I yeah. haven't tried psychedelics yet. Yeah. Maybe I'll look into it and see. Yeah. You know what? It's not for everybody. Um, obviously, like, you know, you need to take something like that extremely seriously because, you know, you are obviously altering your state of mind. But the gift of plant medicine is that it gives you an opportunity to do some really great work um, on yourself as well, which is cool. So, yeah, I mean, personally, I really like it. And I've I've got quite a few friends that have found it extremely beneficial um, just for the experience that you've obviously already had in your life. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Congratulations for all of the work that you've done. It's really, it's really awesome. 
No, thank you so much. And I'm happy to hear that you're doing the work as well. So that's yeah. amazing. I think if we all just do the work, like yeah. just be such amazing humans to each other and yeah. to ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, listen, Brittany, thank you so much for your time today. Um, obviously, as I mentioned in the um, intro of the podcast, you've been extremely generous and um, offered everybody listening today 15% off at the cart uh, when they jump onto your website. Um, just scroll on down into the link and you can click into the show notes and or sorry, scroll down into the show notes, click on the link and um, everybody can take advantage of the promotion there. And um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you to continue the conversation, what's the best way to go about it? Yeah, you can email hello at ofoods.com and I will get back to you. Awesome. Listen, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So that was episode 106 with Brittany Charlton from Ofoods. And uh, yeah, like I suggested at the start of the podcast, like what a great episode and um, what a great disciplined mind that Brittany has. Um, Okay, a couple of housekeeping things. Um, I'm going to take a couple of weeks over Christmas and New Year's. So the next episode, episode 107, will be going live, I think, um, during the second week of January. So definitely keep posted. And I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, yeah, I hope that you all enjoy some time off over the coming days with your family and friends. Um, That's it from me. Thanks a lot for your time. Cheers.